To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Right. And we started engaging and asking questions. Why isn't the vaccine here? And blah, blah, blah. And then there was a really like long, boring story about um, a bureaucratic story about there being a need to inspect this facility or this lot of vaccines. And that's the real holdup. And then the New York Times broke a story. Uh, basically, there is some truth to the story that they fell behind, the FDA fell behind an inspection schedule. And uh, that meant that the drugs, the vaccine couldn't be brought over to the US and blah, blah, blah. But that they were sitting on vaccine that was ready to go. And they had just not decided to mobilize that vaccine, which is different from what we were hearing from folks in government agencies. Uh, we were hearing about how complicated it is to get here. It's a thorny issue, blah, blah, blah. But uh, not that someone has decided not to make this vaccine available. Right. So there was just the sort of runaround and delay. Hmm. Right. There was this runaround. And then so... We've been having these weekly off-the-record calls and the folks who we've been having them with, you know, so there's this trust broken between uh, the between activists and folks who had been representing the government in, in these calls, you know, informally, not representing the government as in they were mandated to do this, but mm -hmm. in that they were our only source of information about what was going on. And they were the only entry point uh, for influence, I felt like anyway. So the trust broke down. And then I remember very starkly that we had a call uh, just after, or the White House had a call just after uh, this New York Times article was published. And it was the first call that I had been on where uh, chat was disabled. Um, mm -hmm. you, couldn't see, you, you couldn't see other people's questions. Uh, it was 30 minutes instead of like an hour and running over. Um, and they pretended to field questions from the audience and all of them were these like soft questions, you know, when are you going to do this that you said you're going to do tomorrow? Things like that. Not how, how please explain the difference between what you've been saying and what is being reported in the New York times, um, which is really the question that all of us went to that call with. So from that moment, I think there was a shift in orientation towards the government from one where we were feeling great about working together and thinking together to one where we just really uh, didn't believe things that people were saying. And, you know, some things happened along the way, which should have been like huge red flags. Like we had been talking about things like education materials um, for weeks and been talking about vaccine and like how are we going to solve that problem and then one day just in the evening we found out that the vaccine was dropping tomorrow <laughs> and it was like okay what? wow like, the night before all the things that we could have been talking about this seems like a thing that would have been useful to engage on and that someone would have known with a little more notice probably right and that okay yeah. <laughs> it means like it's only there in uh chelsea that we need to be busing people from wherever or like making some arrangement for people who are not there to be able to get it equitably um so yeah so that was a warning signal and then you know it went it all went downhill uh from there <laughs> i think it's surprising 
that now what also happened with me personally is that I got really, really busy with uh, the study when just before this, this dose splitting conversation uh, started. So I, I was like literally programming every day and not really tracking but then all of a sudden it was like oh okay we're just going to divide this thing uh we're just going to dis- divide this thing up and not at all address uh the fact that still the the vaccine that's available is held by the US it, there is no plan to manufacture it quickly we have these like promises like oh by next year you'll have there'll be more more doses will come next year you know vague vague <laughs> promises like that and it's like okay well this is uh first of all this is a stockpile that you all claim was created in case there's a bioterrorism attack or this situation that we're in. And it seems like it takes a long time to mobilize. So that's a problem. Um, And, you know, so if, and it's a problem, you know, these, everything that's happened with monkeypox as absurd and enraging as it is, they are things that also indicate deep structural problems that are going to, like not might, but they are going to uh, harm us at a much bigger scale if we don't address them. So if monkeypox had been lethal or had been a lot more severe or just a little bit more contagious, we would be in a very, very, very difficult, a much more difficult situation than the one that we're in right now. And that's, I think, the thing that... um, I want people to engage with is that these things that we complain about are just indications of deep failures that are waiting to happen. Not that what's happened isn't failure enough, just that it is going to get worse if we don't address how priorities are set, how decisions are made, and ultimately whose lives are seen as important to act on if if there's a threat and whose lives are not. To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes. And be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.